I looked Middle Eastern, I acted Korean, and I spoke English. I stay away from politics, yeah. so even I don't know much because that politics is the reason why I ended up not being able to grow up amongst people that look like me. My parents had to make a hard decision to be away from their family. And back then, you know, <laughs> we ended up in Korea. Okay. So that was the thing. My dad, my dad asked for a transfer and who, who, what foreigner do you know back in the 80s that was working in Seoul, Korea? But eventually you got here and you've had an established career yeah. and you've done a lot while you're in, the, in yeah. the UAE. Like, what are you most proudest of? What am I most proudest of? And like, I sit in meetings now with our secretary general and stuff and it'll be in Arabic. And at one point my boss, like our, he'll turn around and go, Lili Tefamin? And, and I'm like, nah, nah, it's all cool. And what I does that you. mean? He goes, do you understand? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get you. Hi, I'm Lily. And I'm Dan. We are The Loaded. Good afternoon, Lily. How are you? I don't know. You look quite sheepish today. I am feeling sheepish. Because I'm opening up this episode. It's not that, not just that you're opening up the episode. It's just that, you know, Is this who's, your story? who's today's guest? <laughs> you are today's guest. No, I don't want to be the guest. Easy. We've done this many times before. No, man, I like hearing other people's stories. <laughs> no, no, There's it's nothing to interesting yours. here, man. I think I don't think that's quite true, actually. Like, I have so many questions. Because, Go on. All no, right. I'm not going yeah. to jump straight into them. <laughs> but, um, you know, many of our listeners have, you know, listened to Lily for the last few years. But, you know, even like myself, as I was like in the elevator earlier, I was thinking, you're like, who is Lily? You know, we sit here every week and we chew the fat and, I'm very, you know. I'm very good at standing in the shadows. <laughs> yeah, you do, actually. You know, you really do. But I, I guess I want to, I just, I think, I think our listeners and myself included really want to know a little bit more about you and who you are and what makes you tick because we've oh listened gosh. to so many great people in this season. God, I, I don't even know where to begin. Well, you're going to have to begin somewhere because, uh, well, you, you know, you, uh, we, normal, our, we normally bring things out of people, right? Of you course. And this is, questions. this is why you're like, we're a little bit unprepared for this one, but we're just going to chat. <laughs> but I was thinking you like the first time that we met, you, you mentioned it in my, in my um, episode. Yeah, that you, it was about the, um, you were in your phone, man. That's what you were saying. You were saying about the, the, uh, the board. but do you know what? Like this sounds really, really bad, but you don't like, remember. I remember the day I do, but it, it, it's not one of those standout moments where I was like, oh, that was Lily. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't a standout moment and you probably don't even remember me being there. True story, but this is about you. Phone. This is about you, not me. <laughs> See however, how I did that? Of See course, how I did that. However, <laughs> like the, the time when, you know, I, I felt like I got to know you and at least know who you are was that time we went to Africa together. Oh my God. God, yes. And we a had whole that, bunch of misfits thrown together. It Thanks, was a Amanda. whole bunch of misfits, but like... We didn't know each other, did we? We never, but we, we had that incredible opportunity when we went trekking with it gorillas. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was one of, it was definitely one of the best trips I've ever been on. But here was the thing, like I was actually quite shy about coming on that trip. Why? Because I am a shy person. Contrary to popular belief, I'm actually quite shy. Don't, 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 don't. Do we that don't under, believe that. Like, JJ's, like, sort of giving a, I'm not even going to look at her. But why were you shy for that trip? I've always, uh, because it was, like, all of a sudden I was going to be going with a bunch of people I don't know in a close proximity. And, um, yeah, I was, I was, like, people don't believe me, but I was probably one of the shyest kids you ever met in your life. My mom was wor my mom was worried. Why was your mom worried? Because she's like, you know, she doesn't stand up for herself. She doesn't say anything. And, you know, I, I was very quiet. Like the thought of putting my hand up in class and people looking at me. Oh, my God. So, I mean, 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna hold this for later on in the conversation because that's call that's my very, mother. Because that's very different from the the kind of persona or well, the, well, the public the image so, that we see of Lily. So now, well, I've grown, but <coughs> so now I, I actually asked my mom a few years ago. I go, you know, are you still worried about me? She's like, no, man. I'm more worried about the kids in the playground than I am of you. <laughs> you know. So I've definitely come out of my shell, but. Um, there's still an element of shyness. So when the attention's on me, Lily... Like right now. Like right now. Yeah, I can see you squirming in your yeah, chair. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, a different, it's a different space. Lily, uh, the director, no issues. You know, when I'm doing my work, I'll sit in a boardroom of however many, you know, men and women as you want, and I'll, and I'll hold the room. Not a problem, because it's my work. Yeah. And I've worked hard to be damn good at what I do. Yeah. You know, if I'm coaching, it's about... The coaching if i'm writing you know we're sitting on the podcast it's about a guest i'm yeah. totally curious and fascinated about people i love people you know it's not about me yeah so for for the greater good i'm able to step out of there but like if you start saying lily well this is where we're going to go to hopefully today which is going to make you really awkward because like you know from that chip when like, we who, who cares about lily was what, oh, people what care is, of course man. our what listeners is? care you i know, care it's just but you know what again like for you know, I, yeah, I care, we care. You know, we work on this podcast every single week, but literally as I was coming up in the elevator, I was like, you know, apart from the interactions that we have on a weekly basis or, you know, the stuff that the, the adventure we had in Uganda together and, you know, you know, subsequent kind of like adventures along the way, it's like, no. do we really know you? No. You know, where did it begin? I'm, I'm more about the others. Like, it, it's quite funny though, because like the, like you say, the persona, like with my work, like I said, I'll, I'll I'll do it and I love it and I stand and, and I'm confident in it. So, you know, when when I actually say I'm shy or I say, I'm, you know, I'm humble about it, people sort of look at me and go, yeah, whatever. And I'm like... Because you do come across as a very, like, empowered, strong woman. I am, though. Yeah. I am. But that doesn't mean I can't be shy. Interesting. You know, it doesn't mean that I can't be shy. It doesn't mean that I can't get giggly. Of course I can. So if you... Would, I don't know. I, I don't can know. be vulnerable. Like, it's one of my pet peeves because everyone just goes, oh, but you're so strong. And I'm like... Yeah, but I'm also vulnerable. Why can you not see the vulnerable? Yeah. But people always choose to just see that strength. And, and why I'm do you like, think that is? Um, I think uh, I think people see what they want to see. Yeah, I get that. You know, and there's there's also just labels and perceptions that we have. You know, if someone can sit in a boardroom and hold a room and sit at the head of the table, then they couldn't possibly be vulnerable. And it's a misconception. Everyone can be vulnerable. Yeah. Even top CEOs are vulnerable. Everyone's got their day. <laughs> Very true. And I think, and I, and I get sort of um, frustrated that I sometimes don't seem to be allowed to be that. Why do you say that? Well, but do you know what I mean? You go, yeah. oh, you know, your persona is that you're strong. I go, yeah. But why does that mean I can't be vulnerable? Yeah, that's very true. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's that. So that's sort of been my experience. And I'm, I'll be the first one to say it. I don't hide from it. Yeah. At all. I'm, I'm like, people, are you strong? I go, yeah, but I'm also vulnerable. So what was the Lily growing up like? Lily growing up. Well, oh, first of all, like, you know, where do you grow up? Because you're Australian, but then Persian, Iranian by heritage. <laughs> oh, God. Here we right, go. So um, I was born in Iran. Okay. Whereabouts? Um, in Tehran. Okay. And, at the, uh, and I've got two brothers. An older brother and a younger brother. So I was stuck between those two thorns. <laughs> like boring fractures. Yeah. Like literally Lo love you both. Love you both. But Jesus, growing with those two, you had to sort of be able to stand, <laughs> stand on your own two feet. Um, so born in Iran, two incredible parents. Um, I'll write a book about them one day. Nice. Um, incredible, incredible parents. Uh, revolution started. 
And so when was that? 79. Okay. 79. And when were you born? I'm not going to say that. Oh, I'd actually never ask a lady. Well, clearly. But, but sorry, but like, were you born around that time or you, you were a well, child at that I time? Obviously, I was born. So if I said I was born in Iran, you'd be, you're giving my age away, Dan. Oh I don't look my age and I've been doing so well with oh, no, it. No, you definitely don't. Now I'm just, the whole world. No, I'm just trying to figure out like what it must have been like to go through a revolution. We weren't there. Oh, right, okay. We weren't there. So like I said, I have two amazing parents. And um, when the revolution started, and then it sort of was, subsequently it ended up in war. So um, my parents made a real hard decision um, at a young age. Like they had us three in their mid-20s, I'd say. Um, As a Persian kid, you delete the year of your parents' birth. So I don't know the exact year. Don't even ask me. Really? Yeah, I don't want to know. Okay. I don't want to know. It's just, I, I, they look younger than they are. I think yeah. the Persian gene is a fantastic genetic The Persian gene is great. I've got some so you know, great friends So my parents don't look their age. My mom doesn't look like a woman that's got three kids in this age group that we are. Yeah. Because she'd kill me if I said that. Um, so, yeah. So, I just, I look at them and just see them. I don't want to see the age. Uh, but, yeah. So, we ended up leaving. Uh, dad, dad worked for a... Um, <laughs> My dad worked for a Korean company okay. uh, in, um, in Tehran. And when the revolution happened, he actually approached him and said, listen. Well, first he had a conversation with my mom and said, listen, I adore you. I love you. You are my world. But I'm not willing to die for you. Okay. And that was a, that was a reality of it, right? And why? Because so, so I'm ignorant. Like, well, war. Okay. If they ended up staying. The chances that somebody may get killed. Well, the, the men, the, the chances are. Also, the men would war. have to go to war. Yeah. I you don't you. know where it's going. And my dad's like, I love you. Yeah. But if I can avoid dying in the field, it, it would be really good. And, so again, it's just because of my ignorance. Like, what was the, what was the, the, the kickstart to the revolution? Uh, Iran, Iraq. Uh, God, the revolution was more of an internal thing. Okay. You know, they, they overthrew the Shah and Khomeini came in. Yeah. I stay away from politics, yeah. so even I don't know much because that politics is the reason why I ended up not being able to grow up amongst people that look like me. I right? get it, yeah. So for me, I stayed away from it. It was, it's politics, it's egos, it's yeah. stupid reasons why revolution, well, no, I won't say revolution, stupid reasons for revolution, scratch that, but war. Yeah. All right. Iran and Iraq ended up in war for eight years. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, I think it was some boundary, you know, who, who's got what land, who's got what oil or some, some shit like that. Yeah, which I has re- no, like... Which I really don't No involvement for yourself, yeah. but it has direct impact. I don't impact. care. All I know is it meant that um, I didn't, I, I had to leave where I was born. Wow. Uh, my parents had to make a hard decision to be away from their family. And back then, you know, <laughs> we ended up in Korea. Okay. So that was the thing. My dad, my dad asked for a transfer and who... Who, what foreigner do you know back in the 80s that was working in Seoul, Korea? Well, you know, inside a Korean company. So it yeah. was my, I look at photos of my dad in meetings and stuff and going on these things. And my dad's six foot, right? He's six foot, quite a handsome man, chiseled features, you know, and he's got a full head of hair and the man can grow a beard, yeah. right? Middle Eastern, right? Yeah. And he towers above all his <laughs> small <laughs> Koreans. Small Koreans. They were literally all up to his shoulder. Oh wow! Um, with just prickles on their face, and yeah, they couldn't even get no facial there, hair. There was no. It didn't connect. Yeah, it was bum fluff, you know. So that was my dad's experience for eight years. And your dad went there and took your my mother, da- the family. Me, my mum, uh, dad, my brothers. We all 
went to Korea. So my mom didn't know anything, you know, like she's incredibly educated. She was a nurse. She was, you know, in the health ministry, that sort of stuff. Like, it's just really random question. Like, did you speak English? Did they speak English? Uh, yeah. Like how? Yeah, yeah. My mum and dad spoke English, so uh, they learned at school. They used it. Okay. My dad, you know, working for a Korean company, he dealt in English. I get you. you know, yeah, so, and my dad travelled. Yeah. But mum was, you know, it was her home. She was, you know, that 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 was her land. That was her upbringing. That was her childhood. That was that was her um, that was her future. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it was gone. So, and all of a sudden, you get flown to. Korea, yeah, Seoul. And how did that feel? Well, for me, it was fantastic. For okay. me and my brothers, it was the most amazing experience. You know, we were kids; we we're adaptable, right? We didn't know adventure. any better. It was an adventure, and I was so young, so I didn't. I don't have many memories of Iran. I don't. I was too young to remember. I remember my childhood home. I remember my big brother being an absolute prick <laughs> big brother Chevrolet are I used to sister. follow him he I was his shadow because yeah. we were only 13 months apart right my younger brother's three years younger okay. but my big brother he was he was my like my idol yeah you know I, anything he said I'd do and he was my protector um but he always did this thing we had this basement or it wasn't the basement, but it was sort of, you came into our house and there were stairs that went down. It was on a multi-level the way the house was. And so trusting I was. Every time he got me, he would go, let's go downstairs, let's go watch television because the little tiny black and white TV was downstairs. And I'd stupidly go with him every time. And in the corner of the room, to me, it was a monster. Okay. It was a monster, but apparently it was a radiator or something or okay. whatever. But in my head, it was this massive thing in the corner, and it was scary. And um, he, for some reason, used to know the exact time to take me down there. So he would go downstairs, sit me in front of the TV, and then he'd be like, okay, I'm just going to go upstairs. I'll go get us some water. I'll go get us something. Yeah. And he'd go up, and he'd hide right behind the door because he knew what was going to happen next. And this radio or whatever... At a certain time during the day, it would start, it was probably just sort of, you know, I don't know, letting off some steam or whatever. It would move, it would creak, it would do something. No, it would growl. So to me, it was a monster. Okay. Right? So all of a sudden, I'd be sitting in the chair and I'm like, he's leaving me here. And I'd sort of look over my shoulder going, the monster's in the corner, you know, blah, blah, it's fine. He's, it's asleep. And then all of a sudden, it'd start growling at me. And I would start screaming, get up and go running up the stairs. And there's my brother standing right behind the stairs and just laughing because, you know, yet again he got it. And then the next day he'd go, let's go watch TV. And stupid. And you'd be down there and yeah, do it again. I was, he, I was his shadow. Oh. You know, he's, he's my big bro. You know, so little. And how long were you in Korea for? Korea, eight years. Wow, eight that's years, a long so. time. Like, did you learn the language you speak yeah, Korean? Yeah, I was fluent. I was really? fluent, like, all of us. You're still fluent now? No, no. So basically we moved to Korea. Um, we lived amongst the Koreans. It's not like we were expat kids living in, you know, a lot of the kids that came um, to the school I went to, they were army kids. Okay. Because after the... When you say army kids, you mean like American American, yeah. So forces. after the North-South War, yeah. uh, America still had an army base. Yeah, I got many, in, I think. Cor- in Korea, just to, they still sort of uh, patrolled the, the border. The DMZ. You know? So... They all were living in the army base that was actually uh, gated off. Okay. Then you had uh, 
families that came out, sort of embassies, you know, that sort of level or oil and gas, and they got to live in these lovely houses. We literally lived in the apartments with, like we were immersed in the culture. We were immersed in Korea. And you said, I was, you know, you I was know, say I, you and your brothers found obviously that, that quite exciting, but how was that yeah. for you, your, your parents? I, don't, I didn't understand how hard it was for them yeah. until we recently went back after about 20 years, five years ago. I think it was five years back ago. To, back to back Korea. Back to Korea. So um, lived in Korea eight years. We went to an amazing school, had an amazing experience. The hard part was I never, we didn't grow up with ki- other Persian kids. You know, the whole time we were there, we bumped into two Persian families. Yeah. And both of theirs experience were vastly different to ours because they were brought through oil and gas okay and they were there very for a very short time yeah. like you know a year and then they were gone we lived there yeah. i grew up as a korean kid yeah i ate korean food um was amazing, i was amazing <laughs> with chopsticks i was absolutely fluent in korean Um, you know, uh, people would say with any of us would say, especially with us kids and even my dad, uh, and mum, if you didn't see their faces, you could have sworn they were Korean. Wow. Because I learned it from the kids. So I always hated learning language at school because every language I learned, I learned from living it. So I used to speak English, uh, Farsi at home. And it's the biggest gift my parents gave me. They never stopped speaking Farsi to us. Okay. So I can still speak it today. And, and when I, sp- I, I get a bit shy with, with um, fluent uh, Persians yeah. who, if I, if I speak to someone who's grown up in Iran, their, their vocabulary is so much more than mine. Okay. You know, and, and I get nervous. So the other day it was Persian New Year and I will always um, make sure that I do celebrate it somehow. So yeah. once a year I will, you know, wh- whatever is happening, I'll go and be there and a, and, um, a family friend of ours invited me out and said you know come we're doing a dinner and I go quiet I get like because and they'll speak to me and, and I and I do feel a little bit shy about it because and I will say to them and you know I'll say listen my 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 Farsi isn't as good as yours but arguably it's fucking amazing for a kid that left Iran when she was three of course we're still be able to and, and for the majority for her upbringing uh only spoke to four other people in Farsi. So for eight years, mum, dad, brother, mom, dad brother, and my brother. brothers. And my brother's vocabulary is are at the same level as mine. So yeah. it was it was my parents that kept it there. Then after, after eight years there, um, we moved to Australia because my parents were like... How um, did that come about? All right. So um, for the eight years that we lived in Korea, or every summer we used to go to Bahrain. So here was the thing. So I, uh, and this is where I keep saying, I've got amazing parents and everything but they sorry, did. Just really quickly, but why would you go to Bahrain every summer? Okay, so, <laughs> oh God, do we have enough time for all of this? Um, so when we moved to Korea, in Korea, you can't stay there permanently. It's always temporary. Okay. You, you know, we couldn't buy a house or anything like that. Not that my parents had the money to do it at that time, but we always needed a plan B. Mm-hmm. So my parents were like, okay, should anything happen to them, we needed to have somewhere to go. And Iran wasn't an option. Okay. You know, they didn't want us shipped yeah. back to Iran. It was a war going on. Even though people were still living there, that's not something that my parents wanted for us. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I have brothers and, you know, armor, they'd have to go do army time or get stuck or w- whatever could happen. Um, so during that time, it was a hard time for them. In Korea, you work. 
Yeah. Like I only, I, I reckon for eight years, I saw my dad at breakfast. Wow. And my mom. And that's just a culture there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, big time. And also, you know, my, my dad's working in a company where he's pretty much the only foreigner working in there. So he had to work 20 times harder yeah. to, to hold it because he's got a wife and three kids. You know, and then my mom's gone from standing on her two, own two feet. She was, you know, she worked in the medical system. She was a nurse and she taught and all this. My mom's incredibly smart and incredibly accomplished woman that, you know, powerful woman. And all of a sudden she goes to Korea and she's doing nothing. Yeah. She's she, all of a sudden she's a housewife. In time, she went, she, she went, she actually ended up teaching at the Korean university, teaching Farsi to Koreans. Phenomenal. Oh, wow. I've got amazing parents. Um, so we had that and we're going, well, I've been, went to private school all my life because of that. So mm -hmm. my parents have been, you know, that's a huge investment they'd made. Um, but it was, we'd go to Bahrain because my grandmother's second husband. Okay. So back in the day, my grandmother, feisty woman, she, she, she divorced her husband. Which is probably unheard of. Unheard of. Yeah. And then she... Um, she uh, then decided to marry um, my step-granddad, who was a lovely, lovely man, um, but he was from Bahrain. Okay. So my grandmother moved from Iran to Bahrain uh, and had five children with her second oh, wow. husband. So that's my connection to Bahrain. Yeah. So they're my step-family. So we would we had residency because I, I, I actually lived in Bahrain for a year somewhere at the beginning of that time as well because I think it was my – we went there, went to Korea – did a year or something. I get the timings a bit off, but basically my mom said, heck no. Yeah. My mom's like, I, no way, I can't do this. Because imagine going from everything you know to a country that's completely different to yours. Yeah. No one looks like you. Yeah. And no one spoke English. Yeah, of course. Still, if you go to Korea, English yeah. is not a spoke, like an e everyone doesn't speak it. So yeah. that's why we all learned Korean. Um, well, because you had to. You had to. Um, and then, you know, mum... Mum, uh, you know, her husband's not there. There were, you know, there was no mobile phones. There was none of that. You know, it was, it was, it wasn't an easy life to have, and it was, it was quite hard. And so my mom's like, "Forget it. I can't. I can't do this." There was one time where my brother, my older brother, was at school. I think I must have been at kindergarten because I got to come home earlier. And um, my mom gets a call from the school and gets told that she needs to come and pick up her son because he was unwell, whether he had a fever or something had happened. Yeah, and. Um, you know, my dad, there's not like my, it wasn't the time where dad could go, oh, I'm just going to leave the office and go pick up my kid. So she couldn't really get my dad's help. And we jumped in a cab and my mom tells the cab driver, you know, want to go to Seoul foreign school, you know, and then in Korean, we want to get, can you go to Seoul? And, and, and the cab driver just had no clue. I love how you just do that in there then. I used to jump from one language to like the other. Like you literally just took me a second then to be like, hang on a minute, you just spoke Korean. <laughs> I just spoke Korean. <laughs> Anihaseo. Um, anyway, but. My mom's in the cab, and the cab driver didn't know how to get to the school. And my mom's sitting there, again, a strong woman, independent woman, with absolutely no means to go and get her kid. Yeah, who's sick. Who's, who's oh, sick. You've been totally sick. Totally sick. Yeah. Her firstborn, you know. And I just sort of started, uh, but like, the cab driver just didn't know where the school was. And, I, and f somehow I knew. Okay. I would have been quite young then, and I just literally leant in between the two seats and started giving direction in Korean to the cab driver. Wow. So my mom had to rely on her kid. Yeah. So communicate. that was it. She's like, 
no, can't yeah. do it. So um, we ended up going to Bahrain. My dad stayed in um, in Korea. We did. I didn't see my dad for a year. Okay. So well, I can't even that? imagine what, what, what. For us, it was it was okay because it was fun because I was at my grandmother's house. I was surrounded oh, yeah. by my cousins. I had the time of Again, my life. Adventure. Adventure. Yeah. But can you imagine what that was like for my mum and my dad? Yeah. You know, but they did that for us. Especially because they were forcibly, not forcibly, but, you know, they, yeah. they, they, they had that kind of like, yeah. well, no, no, no choice, but they left Iran. Yeah. They so moved I think at that time, my dad ended up working in Kuwait. So looking for a next, another yeah. place to go. And then it just didn't work. Dad's like, this is not a place for a family. So we ended up back in Korea. Yeah. And, you know, take two. So that was my year in Bahrain. And that's how I speak Arabic. Oh. But I spoke Bahraini or with a twang of Saudi because one of my cousins was uh, lived in Saudi and she'd come on the weekends, blah, blah, blah. So I had my Arabic as well. Yeah. Um, people always ask me why I don't speak it now. I go, because do you realize I sound like I'm 12 years old? And I'll sometimes say things amongst, you know, the, my Arabic friends or colleagues and I'll say something and they just look at me and go, how do you know how to say that? Because it's su su such a random thing and yeah. you would only know how to say that if you lived in Bahrain, for example. Got ya. So I'm like, I sit in meetings now with our secretary general and stuff and it'll be in Arabic. And at one point my boss, like our, he'll turn around and go, Lili, to famine? And I'm like, nah, nah, it's all cool. And what I does that you. mean? He goes, do you understand? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get you. Ah, JJ, have I blown your mind? <laughs> so bounce between languages. But, but I, how did Australia come about? So I'm going to go to your dialect now. She got an Australian accent. I had to learn to speak Australian, by the way. It wasn't a choice. I just got sick and tired of people asking me to say tomato or okay. say Melbourne, Melbourne. You know, so I just got sick of it. So how, how old were you when you moved to Australia? Uh, about twelve, okay. I'd say. So Bahrain, Bahrain. Another place didn't work, back to Korea, um, got to a point where we're like, all right, we need to find somewhere more permanent because my parents were all about keeping the family together. My parents won't fly together, Dan. They won't fly. They w at that time, they wouldn't fly together. Why? They still, if they can't. Now I think it's more of choice. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. It's like, especially it's like, like this actually works, yeah, let's go with 40, it. You're 40,000 feet in the air and you've got eight hours and not being well, able to speak know, to you somebody. you know, you go this way, I go that way, let's yeah, stay, you know. Peace and quiet. But they wouldn't fly together just in case. Wow. You know, they say that about the royal family and, you know, pulses and stuff like that. Just in case. Wow. Because my mum and dad were all that we had. Living in Korea, the five of us was all that we had. Yeah. So they wouldn't fly together in case something happened that the other one could make sure the that kids are okay. okay. Yeah. That's the parents I have. That's incredible. Insane. Still you know, that, that driving nuts <laughs> and crazy yeah, sure. and whatever. But because of that, we have this incredible... My dad always said, you know, we're, we're, we're all a link in the chain. Yeah. One link breaks the whole chain breaks. It just shows that incredible consideration and thought. Beyond. And, Beyond. and incredible sacrifice, yeah. you know. I don't know. They, maybe we could have stayed in Rano, but, you know, it could have been a completely different thing. Life would have been so easy for them, you know. They, well, would they didn't it have, have been? To, I don't know. We, we will never know. There are yeah. a lot of people that did stay and they were fine, you know. Who knows? Yeah. Um, they made their choices and they gave me a life that, um, they gave me the world, yeah. you know. So Australia came about because once you finish year 12, uh, the school we went to, you'd end up in a different place in the States. So the Ivy League reps used to come to our school because it was, you know, we, were, we connected to the system. We used to sit the SATs and everything. So we were able to tap into that. 
And my parents were like, okay, well, when my older brother finishes, he'll end up in one state. Yeah. When I finish another state, then they'd have to wait a couple of years for the youngest one to finish. He'll end up in another state. If we're lucky, we'd all end up in the same state, but you can't guarantee that. And then my parents are like, then where do we go? Yeah. And what does this all mean? Everything that we've done, what does it mean? Yeah. Everything we've done to keep the family together and now we're all separated. separated. So um, my dad... At one point, my dad t- took the most amazing risk and stepped out from the company he worked for and set up on his own. And he made a killing because he That's found brave. a niche. Well, he found a niche in the market. How many people do you know that speak Korean and uh, Farsi fluently? Yeah. So my well, dad. Not until today. You know, until this day, my dad's like, he's so Korean. Yeah. Like everything, his gestures, his mannerisms, because there is a way of being. Of course. Right. Um, and we used to be like that as well. So, you know, when you said hello, there was a slight bow that you do. Yeah. If you put your hand out, you, you sort of hold the other hand slightly further up. There were a whole bunch yeah. of cultural but things. Your business cards, you hold yeah, it. The way you hold it. Yeah. Everything. I, 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 Korean kid, man. Okay. I look Persian. <laughs> I look Middle Eastern. I acted Korean and I spoke English. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's, that's my first language is uh, to a great, like the way I see it. Cause that's my, mo- that's my strongest yeah. language to communicate in. Um, so dad ended up pulling out on his own, set up his own consultancy, killing great. Awesome. Now what do we do? We need to find home. Um, my dad then, <laughs> I think six months again, he must have had the time of his life. God, my mom's good to him. So he went traveling. He traveled the world to figure out where we were going to go to next. Alone. Yeah, well, we had to still stay at school. Got ya. Right? Where, where Education you- was nothing, nothing. Rain, hail or shine. Education was the top. I had no absentees. Throughout school, I could have been hucking up a lung. I could have had the highest fever. Oh no, fever, fever, and throwing up was the only yeah. time that you were able to stay home. And unfortunately, or death. <laughs> or death. And unfortunately, I re- like, uh, you know, my mom, uh, being a nurse and stuff, we were, you know, looked after quite well. But I just zero absentees, man. Wow. Um, so mum looked at, you know, was looking after us. Dad put in a support system for mum while he was away. And he went traveling, looking all over the Where co- did he go? He went to, he came to the Middle East, okay. he came to Dubai, he went to America, different states in America, looked at Asia, all of it, and all of them just, and then he came to Australia. And even when he came to Australia, he went to every, like he, he went to the main states. He didn't just go to one place. Like, a big place. It's a big place, but um, he always tells me, um, basically what he always found was wherever that was good for business wasn't great for family and wherever was good for family wasn't good for business. I get that. You know, there was a real yeah. divide. So sometimes it's a compromise. Yeah. And the compromise was Melbourne. Okay. So when he came to Australia, he, um, he traveled to the different States, the different main, um, ports to check it out. And although Sydney back then was more of a business, yeah. like that's where you go for business. Melbourne was known for its education. Okay. And it was still, you know, a cosmopolitan city. It's just Sydney was more businessy in comparison. Like not saying Melbourne wasn't, but just yeah. one, Melbourne edged on the education from, from the knowledge that he had and gathered and the intel that he got then. So with, with the research he did, the decision he, he came to, and he came back to mum and he said, this is, this is what I found in my travels. Yeah. Reckon Melbourne would be quite good for us, you know, and uh, yeah. And we did, you know, uh, back then, again, we applied. 
Um, we did great on the points. They were like, come, come. My mom's a nurse. My dad's a businessman. Three, three students, private school. You know, we had to sit tests, uh, healthy, all that stuff. We did all the stuff. So we got, we more than had the points to come to Australia and um, it became home. And you became an Australian citizen. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Melbourne is home. Australia yeah. is home. You know, um, I always say, I go, you know, Persian by blood, but Australian through and through. Like that, that is my home. And your family are still there now. My family are still there. And I have six awesome nieces and nephews to add to the clan. Wow. Yeah. Five of them from one sibling <laughs> I can only imagine the chaos yeah it's a five of them from my older brother he always says for you know he kept having them because we didn't uh, the pressure <laughs> he's from like, the family. You know, he's like you know and he sort of turned he used to jest he's like so you pay for number four and you pay for number five <laughs> you know but no they're awesome kids and then recently uh last year my little brother had my um beautiful little goddaughter layla Incredible. It was a bit of a namesake, Lily Layla. So, yeah, so quite, quite proud of her. So, fast forward slightly then, how did you end up here? Ah, uh, so how did I end yeah, up here? Because you said that you said Melbourne's home. Melbourne's home. And, you, you, you know, you've had so many kind I've of I've got like, my father's itchy homes. feet. I've got my father's itchy feet. I love the world. I love people. I love um, learning about different cultures. I love um, be, seeing new things. I, 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 I love being up in the air. That, uh, for me... 40,000 feet. Love it. I, I don't know whether it was because um, my mum, when my grandmother passed, um, and she passed at a young age, uh, I think my mom had said that, and, and I said, you know, where is she now? And, and she said, my grandmother's, you know, up in the sky, basically. That's where she is. So there was apparently, and, and I think that has a lot to do with why I love flying because I was, I love my grandmother. I was very close to That's her. That's really beautiful, actually, like that connection, the yeah. emotional connection of being up in yeah. the clouds. I always talk to her. Well, this is the thing. So I'm going to sound like a crazy person, but the one person time, makes you, I think you are. Well, you know, I'm sure I've had that many a times because, um, and my mom tells me the story. She goes, one time we were flying, so. <laughs> Every, you know, going to Bahrain and stuff. It was my mum and the three kids. It was, again, my dad scored so well. So two months a year, my dad got to have the house to himself. And me and my brothers and my mum would go to Bahrain. So yeah. my poor mom used to have to lug three kids, fly with three kids. Yeah. I'm like, oh, God damn. Um, she goes, one time we were on a flight and I was sitting at the window. And she says, she turned to me and she saw me talking out the window and she goes to me she's like who are you talking to she's, she's like who are you talking to and i just looked at my mom i go i'm speaking to grandma and she's wow. like what do you mean and i'm like because you said she's up in the clouds she's up here beautiful yeah so i, I still talk to her still to this day still to this day i get on a flight and i look out the window as soon as i get up in the air i'm like hi grandma Wow. And I just have a conversation with her. I tell her how life is. I tell her how life isn't. Yeah. I tell her all the stuff I want her to get me. I'm like, can you like, can you, I got, I need this shit to happen. Can you like, can you do something? I go, you're up here, man. You got power, you know? So yeah, I, I, I still, so maybe that's what it is. But um, I love Australia. I love Melbourne, but I was one hell of a workaholic. Yeah. But it wasn't a workaholic. I just fucking love what I do. Yeah. So my first real corporate job, I would say. So I, I thought I was going to be a lawyer. Interesting. Why? I loved 
in my head, it was about defending those who can't defend themselves. Okay. I still do that. And is that something you've always done? I think it's always been in me. Like, if I, I, I fight for the underdog. Like, I'm, I'm the one that, you know, I walk into, if I were back then in the movie land, I walked into movie land and um, this guy was basically berating um, the girl behind the counter and he was sort of hiding behind trying to say that he was, like, trying to give them advice. But because he's giving advice, then she should give him a, another movie. Yeah. He, he didn't realize that the movie was art deck, art, arty farty or something like that. And he's like, you know, it wasn't clear on the packaging or whatever. So, you know, just so you know, for other people. And then he expected to get, because of that, expected to get another video for free, like to be able yeah. to exchange. And she's like, I actually can't do it. And he started getting aggressive towards her. And I can't help it. I'll step in. Okay. So I could see here. And, and the thing is, the hardest thing to watch when someone who is normally confident or just, you know, any, any human being, when they're getting bullied, when they're getting, you know, hit or, you know, it's, it's, it's a trauma, it's not a nice experience, you see it in their eyes. Yeah. There's, there's a sadness that comes through it yeah. or there's a break. You're, you're affecting them. You scar people. You, you know, that, they, these are marks that stay on people. I hate it. Okay. So when I see that happening to someone, I'm like, you know what? You want to pick on someone? Pick on me. Wow. I got pick on me, mate. I got stop picking on her. Like I could see that she she had nowhere to go. Like <laughs> I'm not saying that I, I am a, like I, I'm able to handle anything, but for me it was like you know what, bring it here. I got I'll take it. I don't know if this is this first, but you think like having two brothers or being sandwiched between two brothers. I used to look after them. I had to, you know, I, I've had some interesting times with my dad. That's made me probably the the tough the, that toughness that I have. You know, I don't really want to. <laughs> the way I learned to swim and the way I learned to ski. No one should learn that way. <laughs> there you go. You know, down a there it is. My mom asked me as a kid, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, I want to save the world. Who fucking says that? Yeah, wow. You know, yeah. and, I, and I, think, well, I think that just equated to, I just want to help, you know, yeah. and everything that I did. I just, I, li I like helping. I like, I like seeing people live their best lives. I don't like people, seeing people sad. I think, you know, um, connection is the key to key to life yeah. you know um when i walk down the street i'll say hello to people you know i was out for drinks last night and i'll speak to the waiter and i'm like how are you doing yeah. you know how's your night going yeah and that makes them smile i love that it's, it's just that's the that it's free Amazing. you know um and um yeah so <coughs> i don't know where we were going with this yeah but yeah, so you talk because you said like you know what so you wanted to do it as was a lawyer. A, a, a lawyer. So that's what it was. You wanted to know why I wanted to do law. It was that, and also because I'm Persian, and your parents in those days it was you were either a lawyer, a doctor, or an engineer. I can imagine. My parents got two out of three. Yeah. Like, well, my brother, my younger brother did it, did commerce, but he did the engineering yeah. as well. So he did a double degree, and and now my older brother started in science, ended up in law. Okay. So I'm like, there you go, mom. You got your lawyer. So obviously you wanted to be a lawyer, but then what did you, where did you progress to? What well, did you do? One, I didn't get the marks. I had too good of a time in year 12 because I always liked the creative <laughs> side of things as well. Okay. I wasn't, the dark side. I, I, I wouldn't, I never considered myself an academic. Okay. I wasn't dumb, but um, I was definitely the kid that, but your brain was kind of, well, I used to get, C, I used to get C's and D's in the first semester. Okay. Because my big brother was the one that got the A's and got the pats on the head. And I used to always get the, why can't you be as you know, smart like you, you know, perform like you? I go, well, fuck, let him do it. I'll, I'll just do whatever I want. Yeah. So I, I guess I used to, I, I always had this um, 
not rebellious, but I didn't like shit like that. Okay. So I used to go against the... The grain. In a way. Yeah. I, th- I think I had a lot of going against the grain in my family <laughs> really? with my mum and dad. Hmm. Um, but it was, it, was, it was more whenever it came to principle. Okay. It was a weird thing. Shy, didn't speak up, didn't do anything. But if it was to do with principle, different person. Yeah. It's like something inside me would just... Yeah. Which is why I think I would step up when I saw wrong being done. Yeah, and that injustice. It was, a, it was yeah, injustice. A, part, a, a different person would come yeah. out, you know? That shyness would disappear and this person would come going, what the hell? You know, don't do that. It's going back to what we talked about earlier. It's almost like there's two lilies. You know, it, there's that well, I am stri- a Gemini. There's Is about that, eight uh, of us. Okay, we'll have to go there on a separate one. But you know that very strong, strong um, wheel, strong strong character. But then also yeah, there's but that it, soft and but shyness. Came, but it, it comes from, but it, but it both comes from a very gentle space. Yeah. Wow, okay. I just get a lot of people just thinking I'm tough and strong. And I'm like... You have to take it, you strip it back. Strip it back, guys. Yeah. I go, look at it. I go, have you, you know, you say I'm strong. I go, but have you ever seen me um, be mean to someone? No, no. Have you ever seen me step on someone? No. So the, the strength that people sort of put in front of me and, and say that that's me... It's yeah. them. It's not me. Yeah. It's it's their perception. Yeah, not you yours. Know? And and I can't control what yeah. anyone. Everyone's perception. Everyone's got a right to their opinion. Yeah. You can think whatever you want about me. I can't control it. All I can do is be true to myself. I'm like, that's your your opinion. You can have it. Yeah. You know. I go, but I also invite you to see that I am vulnerable. Yeah. That I am gentle. That that isn't all that I am, and my strength isn't coming from an aggressive place. Yeah. It's actually coming from a place of wanting to do great work or wanting to make changes in the world or wanting to achieve things in the world because you need to have that gusto. Yeah, that sense of purpose. You You need to have that. And and I've come from a space where we had to be resilient. Yeah. Right? I left my home when I was three. My parents are fighters. Yeah. You know, they are absolute fighters. Through thick and thin, they got us places. Yeah. I've watched that. So yeah. for me not to step into my best, not to be the best that I can be, is, is shitting on everything that they did for yeah. me. They've never pushed on me to be... Like, yeah, you know, I, I laugh about doctor, da, 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 but, that was yeah, because they wanted, but that's because they wanted us to be the best that we can. Yeah. And, and they were giving what they felt. That's a very cultural thing as well. It's a very cultural thing. Like every Persian, every <laughs> Middle Eastern kid or listener on this podcast is going to be laughing going, yep, same. It's just, it's just what we have. But that was them wanting to look after us. Yeah. And then obviously being able to tell everyone that, oh, I have a doctor and my child's a doctor and my child's a nurse, you know, a lawyer and this, you know, it's a, a whole bunch of cultural stuff there. But <coughs> I looked at the gift my parents gave me. They sacrificed their lives for us. So yeah. what I had to then do, what I wanted to do, my way of saying thank you is to be the best that I can be. Yeah. And that meant having strength. And that means, you know, if I go into an interview and I get asked, you know, why should we pick you for this job? Uh, is to be able to sit there and go, because I'm damn good at this. Yeah. You know, I'm damn and good at this. Justifiably so. Well, you know, I, I didn't do it without working hard. Yeah. And But also, if I, when I'm not good at something, I'm the first to say it. I'm like, yeah, no, no, that's not me. <laughs> I go, absolutely not. But what I'm good at, I know. Yeah. And what I was good at, I deliver. So... I ended up, beginning of my career was all hodgepodge, hodgepodge. I, I didn't, you know, once, once law was in it, I ended up studying arts at Melbourne Uni. I m- majored in politics and criminology. Random. Random, but not random. I love the mind. 
I love understanding how the mind Shoot, works. Right, and then we'll probably get to that towards the end of well, the podcast. Well, it actually came in real handy when I got into marketing and communication. Because yeah. well, you're trying to get into people's minds. You're trying to understand what people are how thinking. Do I, how do I speak yeah. to you? Or here's, influence here's, things. Here's, here's a product. How do I speak to you for you to want this? How do I speak to JJ for him to want yeah. it? Each of you is different. Yeah. So I need to understand you. Criminology. Language. Learn, you, language and profiling politics. Yeah. You know, Mark, it's criminal and political what we do. Yeah. You know, um, one of my favorite subjects in politics was political psychology. Okay. And that's the whole study of, you know, how campaigns <coughs> are put together and how votes, well, not just votes, but how do we speak to people yeah. to get them to want us and to, to and stand to by us. to influence the decision, I guess. To influence the decision. So let's say when it comes to, and, and just the thought process behind it. So what, if you've got... Um, you know, you've got someone who's, uh, you know, w- wants to get more votes and the single mother is a captive audience. Yeah. Well, what messaging can you give that is going to make that single, that's going to hit to the heart of that single yeah. mother to go, he understands me, she understands me, I'm going to vote for her. Yeah. It's psychological. It's emotional. It's all that stuff. So it was fascinating. I loved it. It was the mind thing. And, um, <laughs> and is, is that why you felt like moving into that world of marketing? Well, again, I fell into things. You know, so I you fell into, into that, things. Though? So um, it seems like a natural. If, it seems like a bit of a natural progression. Sort of, it, it did, but I, I had no. Once I didn't get into law, I finished that degree, came out, really had no clue. Um, I ended up scoring my first job with my um, with my uh, old school. Um, I started working for the Collegians Association. Um, so once we, like the alumni, yeah, the alumni organize. A calendar of events. So I ended up. And is that in Melbourne or here? In Melbourne. Okay. In Melbourne. So um, I went back to my old school. Uh, so I finished university before I even went to graduation. I started full time work. Um, so uh, yeah. So it was just a job. It was assisting, to running the events through the year, and I did a lot of admin stuff on it. And I was always really good at organizing yeah. stuff. And I've always loved the creative. Um, in our household, I was the one that wrapped the presents because it killed me <laughs> the way my mother wrapped presents because it wasn't perfect. It was like the folds. Oh. I can imagine. So I was that. I love drawing. I love sketching. You know, I honestly, I should, I, I, I should have gone into the creative world from a from a young age. But then, how and why Dubai? Uh, Dubai. So my first proper career job was Melbourne Convention and Visitors Bureau. That's when yeah. I, it, I, this whole industry opened up to me more and more. I'd never heard of a convention bureau. I thought that it was a tourist office. Yeah. Um, but convention bureaus um, compete locally, regionally, and internationally to win business events yes. for their city. So I worked with them. I was a, and I ended up in the marketing department there. But what I was really good at was making things happen. My brain is a filter. Um, I'm high, like I'm just really good at organizing things and making things happen. And um, I will move mountains yeah. to make things happen. So that, that's that. Those were my skills. So I, I was never taught in marketing, but my th- desire to want to nail a brief, I think, is a big part of why I got. And then when you've got parents that did everything to get to where they did, you just you find a way. Yeah. You find solutions. So I worked for the convention bureau. Uh, re- Ridiculous hours. Lunchtime for me was five. While everyone went home, uh, that was lunchtime. I did. I pulled all nighters. Um, my friends used to call me in the office first, and this was at the time when mobile phones had come out. But they'd still call me on my <laughs> landline. Um, I had my mail sent to the office. Um, I had a change of clothes. I loved it, yeah. you know. But um, I got to a point where um, my health. Um, was not great. I was staring down the barrel of adult diabetes kind of thing. And I'm oh, like, wow. something has to change. Yeah. So that's when um, I really couldn't tell you how it happened. Uh, I wanted to 
I decided I wanted to be closer to Bahrain. Yeah. Because I had, once we moved to Australia, we didn't go to Bahrain anymore. 15 years, I didn't see that side of the family. Um, we went to a wedding and I went, I want to get closer to them. So originally I wanted to come to Dubai, but I didn't know enough people at that time and yeah. I didn't know, quite know how to get into it. And Bahrain, I'm like, too small, should have done it. So I applied for the working holiday maker for the UK because mm-hmm. Australians, Commonwealth, you can get it. I got told it would take two months to come through. It came in two weeks. Uh, I put a date. This was around May, June. I put a date of September or October, September, that I'd be in um, the UK. And I got the the visa. So, And if you don't go, you lose it. Yeah. And your date starts from the day you said you're entering the country. So within months, I packed up my life and moved to the UK. Uh, landed there with no job, no nothing, found my feet, great. Did three and a half years there working in the industry, moved to agency side, traveled the world, um, delivering exhibitions. I'd never built an exhibition stand in my freaking life. The first job I did was a baptism of fire. I got given drawings and I'm looking at it going, I've got no fucking clue, but I know I can make it happen. Yeah. You know, so I had to stand there on site with what was considered the cowboy of cowboy contractors looking at me going, you know, what do you want? And I'm like, well, according to this picture I'm looking at, that's not what you're doing. <laughs> Always. You know, and yeah, and then at one point, but I'd never done it before, yeah. right? But then, you know, and, and they were like taking the piss a little bit. And then at one point I came in, I'm like, guys, I've left, came back two hours later and nothing's changed. And the client is a... Dubai client who's high maintenance. Yeah. Um, I mate. Oh, did I? Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Um, but you know, hardcore, the demanding clients because yeah. high paying clients. And um, yeah, so I sort of came back and the, I'm like, you haven't done anything. And one of them just sort of said, started, started, you know, saying some profanity or whatever. And um, he was just, and then their supervisor said, come on, we've got a lady on site. And I just turned around and started spitting out every profanity I could think wow. of. And, and I was said, that what got you, by working with that client, you got to Dubai? That exposed me to UAE clients. Okay. So that sort of got my interest and sort of reminded me, oh, hold on, you wanted to be closer. But I, to be fair, moving to the UK and doing the job I did meant I got to spend a lot more time in Bahrain okay. and have a lot more great time and core memories with my family in Bahrain, which was what I wanted. Yeah. Because... Again, like I said, I grew up with only the five of us. I didn't get to hang out with aunts and uncles and cousins and all of that. I really missed out. Yeah. You know, it was always just the five of us. And even when we moved to Australia, it was fantastic. All of a sudden, there was this whole Persian community yeah. that we were exposed to. And all these guys, you know, I thought everyone grew up the way I did, which was, you know, not around other Iranians. But yeah. there were communities. I'm like, Dad, couldn't we go to Germany? <laughs> you couldn't have gone to Australia. You couldn't have gone to Iran, Angeles. You know, I would have grown up with them. So... Um, basically what happened was, so where, so I wanted time to spend with family there. So I ended up in UK, UK exposed me to UAE clients. My job exposed me to that. Um, 24 hours away from Australia became too much. Yeah. I wanted to get closer to home, but I wasn't ready to come home. Um, and the second I decided on Dubai, I came and did one, um, trip here, met with some people, met, met with some, um, HR people, this, that, and the other. Um, and you know, sometimes when it's meant to be or be, it just yeah. all falls into place. So when I went into the UK, I landed my job within two weeks in my industry, yeah. getting a really good salary and then just went up and up and up, you know? And then when I decided I wanted to come to Dubai, 
me coming and sitting with recruitment agents here wasn't what got me the job. It was a guy I used to work. I came in, had drinks with a girl that I knew. She then says, do you mind if this guy comes as well? We all have drinks. And I never connected with people I didn't know on Facebook. But for some reason yeah. I did with this guy. This guy then goes, it works, worked at Jumeirah Beach Hotel. Uh, it was during Ramadan. Dude's having a Ramadan tent down there. Yeah. Um, so these two guys, then the guy that was running the project was a guy I used to work with in London. He only did, he did freelance with us a couple of months and um, <laughs> they ended up speaking. Somehow I came up in the conversation and he's like, oh yeah, uh, Lily's looking for a job in Dubai. Next day, within weeks, I had, a, I had the job with, um, with the agency here and I was flown out except I lost my job the night before I was supposed to fly oh, wow. out because the uh, recession happened. In 2008? Yeah, yeah. I, got, I got lost hit. my car. Like, I was packed. Oh, wow. I was packed. But you managed to get through that and you stayed, obviously, because you're still here. Well, no, I actually went home. Okay. So I got the call the night before I was supposed to fly. Um, and then, uh, and then um, what happened next? So I get a phone call basically saying, so you know that recession we said would never hit or touch Dubai? Well, yeah, it, it did now. this. That, <laughs> that very week that I was supposed to land. And... Um, so they said, we can't, sorry, we can't bring you in. And I said, well, can you at least fly me to Melbourne so I can have somewhere to sleep tomorrow? Wow. So I still packed all my bags, all my boxes. I scratched Dubai and wrote London. It went into a warehouse for a month. Um, I didn't tell any of my friends in the UK that I didn't have a job to go to the next day. It's because I wanted my last night in London to be a happy memory, course, not a, not so a I didn't tell anyone. I had a bottle of Dom and a bottle of Vuv that I couldn't take with me, right? Yeah. So five closest friends, this was November, 2008. We all met on the steps of Eros and Piccadilly Circus in the fucking freezing cold. Sorry, but lots of profanities. Right. Um, and drank Dom and Vuv out of plastic cups and had the best memory, best memory, laughter yeah. and joy and everything and celebrated my time in London. Went for Asian, got on a flight the next day, came here. Well, I nearly got offloaded the flight, came here, <laughs> met with the guy, looked him in the eye and said, are you serious about bringing, because he said, he goes, we love you. We'd still yeah. want to bring you, we'd bring you back, but can't promise you if and when that would be. So I'm like, I just wanted to see his face, to look him in the eye and see. And then uh, the next day I flew to Australia, landed in Australia. So my... My life was in boxes in a warehouse in the UK. The job that I was supposed to do was in the UAE. And here I was back in my childhood room at my parents' house. Wow. <laughs> and still laughing. I, I, like, I have the best. But, but eventually you got here and you've had an established career. Yeah. And you've done a lot while you're in the, in yeah. the UAE. Like, what are you most proudest of? What am I most proudest of? Yeah. Hard like, question. Because you talk about like making an impact and about justice. Um, hard and about... A hard question. I, but I don't think it's about, it's okay, not so like I must make an impact. Like that's not something I'm proud no, of. That's no, just but, part but of who I am. That. What I love is that for someone that really didn't know where they were going to go, ended up as the director of marketing communications uh, for one of uh, Sheikh Hamdan's uh, brands. She like his name's on the door. Yeah. Like uh, my, my career was not linear. It wasn't paved. I, I fell from one thing to another. Whenever yeah. I decided I'd want to change my jobs, I always found a job. Um, and what I ended up building my career on were um, 
in many ways things I didn't actually learn at university or school. It was, you know, it was Through just life. The, it was life. It was the way my yeah. brain's wired. It was um, the resilience I learned from my parents. Um, it was the fact that I loved being creative and I was really good at, or I, you know, we're, all event people, we're the ones that organized all the parties, right? Yeah. It, it was those things. And I just loved people and I loved bringing people together and making them be the best that they can be. And those are the strengths that that got me noticed. It was it was that. It wasn't my schooling. Well, no. To be fair, your schooling in your university gives you gives you a framework and a, a blueprint that's that's important. So I, I will not begrudge that. I'm not saying it, I could. Who knows? But you know, I love that as well, and it, it has attributed a lot my power of the English language and my ability to write, and that sort of came a lot from the amount of bloody essays I had to write in my yeah. arts degree. You know, um, but a big part, you know, it's school and university and all that. It's only part of what makes you who you are and takes you where it goes. And and I'm, I guess I'm proud of that. And I guess the message there is is. Uh, believe in yourself I think got me a, a big like I always believe uh, regardless of anything I'll figure it out you, can, you see that throughout the, the whole throughout the whole yeah. journey so then you should talk about that believing yourself and you know figure it all out what's next uh running my own consultancy that's the next it's that's time the, that's the next yeah thing. it's time how, how do you know it's time when do you feel it um so uh, and and the consultancy is more again based around the whole uh empowering um I needed to live life yeah. If you want to empower people, you need your stories. You need your battle scars. I think I've gotten <laughs> enough now. Yeah, you know? for sure. Um, and I've quenched I've, I've the, the, the thirst that I had for delivering and traveling and creating beautiful events. I still love it. Like, I, I still, I that will never it, stop. So I will still bring it in to the mix. Yeah. And I'll still do projects, but I'll be more pick and choosy about it. But that sort of, it's finished. I'm like, I'm good with that. I've yeah. achieved great stuff. It's cool. I like that. Now I'm ready. I'm ready. I, I just, all I want to do is spend the rest of my life making, helping people live their best life. And, you know. I think that's an incredible gift. And I think, you know, it's that, that transition from your early years from your parents. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a common thread throughout all I of this. I will write the book about them. You will? Do you know, I like, will. I'm really looking forward to that book. I get a love letter to my parents. Is that what it's called? Possibly. Ah, you heard it here. Yeah. Just don't tell them. <laughs> well, they'll the kill me because it, well, it's, it's like they'll kill me because that, that's their. They're like, no, we're Persian. We don't put, we don't air our laundry out there. Yeah. Like it goes against everything. But yeah. they have a story I want to share. And I think you shared a lot of that today. Yeah, I know. And finally, we you, we heard your story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think we learned a lot more about you today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. No probs. Cool. Right. Well, we will wrap it up there. Wrap it up. Oh my God. Can we just, <laughs> I can just not? See, I, I can just see you squirming I'm in the squirming. Chair. But when you were talking about the story though, you were so yeah, in but it. When you're I so passionate. But when I talk, it, when it's stories, it's, again, it's not me. Yeah. I, I can't explain it. Like, but it's just. But that came from, from within today. Yeah, 100%. Cool. 100%. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. And we're looking forward oh. to the next one. Hi, I'm Lily. And I'm Dan. We are The Loaded. <laughs>